calls me over, security again. Did you tell Mr. President? I said, no. He says, why didn't you? I didn't pass him. George says, is this guy giving you a bit of grief? I said, he sure is. <laughs> right? So he said, will you go over and tell him to cancel the appointments till after six o'clock? This was three o'clock of the day. So he fished with me for the duration. It was unbelievable. We had a great time. We got a letter back and a lovely letter back thanking me for, this was three months after George Bush free post. Hello and welcome to the Ireland on the Fly podcast about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. Tom will be back next week, but for this week's episode, I speak to Sean McManaman, a hugely experienced fly angler and someone known as Mr. Salmon. Sean has a lifetime of memories, insights, and most importantly, great stories and sums up exactly what fly fishing is all about in a life well lived. If I get to fish half as much as Sean has and seen half as much as he has seen, well, I think I'll be happy with my fly fishing life. Here then is Sean McMenamin. I first began, I was born and reared in Clane County, Kildare. Came from a big family. And uh, the Gollymachy River, which is a tributary to the Liffey. So, say that, the Gollymachy. The Gollymachy, the Gollymachy, very famous. It's at Clangos Wood College. It goes under the road there and goes into the River Liffey there below Clanbridge. Oh, okay, okay. I've never, I grew up in Dublin, never heard of it. Well, now it's a small one now. I mean, it's, it's a stream, but at the time when we were down there, it was crystal clear, plenty of fish in it. And when I say fish, fish used to come up the river to spawn. So it was a good spawning river, and they used to go up, up to about two and a half, three miles upstream. And did you live near it, Sean? I did. I, I, I lived on it. Oh, my God. I was born and reared on it almost because from the time it was about four or five, my father was a very good fisherman, Patrick McManaman. Right. And um, Wednesdays and Fridays were two fast days when I was growing up. And I often thought there wasn't enough of fast days in the week because on a fast day, I went fishing with my father. But prior to that, he'd send us up to Gollymocker River to get minnow and pinkings and catch them and have them ready for going fishing on Wednesdays and Fridays. So I would have spent all my youth on the Gollymocky. So you had that kind of classic country childhood growing up beside the river, you know, starting off whether it was, you know, worms, glass jars, whatever. You're always just whatever mucking about. Of fish. We used to use, just goes to show you, we used a cow and gate tin with holes in it. And we used to put it under the bridge with a bit of twine on it. And hopefully you'd pull it out fairly quickly when you go down and there might be a south part of a pound weight in it. And that, oh, yeah. was the, that was the breakfast. and yeah, Because that was what I wanted to ask you. What, where are you taking the fish and eating them? Like you said, because the fasting days you were, you were taking them like? Oh, they were brought home. And uh, we eat Wednesdays and Fridays. I mean, we were very strict at time uh, in, when we were young. Wednesdays and Fridays, nobody done anything on the fish. Had to be fish. I actually, I knew Fridays. I didn't realise Wednesday. Oh, as well. God almighty. Go back and look at her mother if she's still alive. I just tell you, Friday was and Wednesdays was the fast days. Oh, yeah, because I fished those two days. and would fish prior to it in the evening times. I went fishing. My father was a market gardener. He, he reared a family of 16 on a market garden. 16? Yeah. And I had always a great saying that we went to Mass every Sunday. And whoever got up early in the morning had a great choice of clothes. But if you slept it out, you had to stay in bed all day. <laughs> well, my father came from a family of 12 and he used to say uh, he didn't have a babysitter, he'd have a shepherd. <laughs> oh. 
But no, it was it was a uh, for me it was fantastic because I was I was born to fish. And as my father said before he died, he said, if you're working to fish of fishing, give up your work. So I was lucky enough to get a job where I enjoyed fishing was my passion. Fishing brought me to a stage where I captained the Leinster team, I captained the Irish team, and was on the Irish team for a good few years. And I had a son, Patrick, who represented Ireland as well. So okay. this all came from the Gollymucky River, as far as I'm concerned. So tell us, so we fast forwarded a bit there. So you, 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 the job, what was the job you got that you were involved in fishing? Well, I got a job at the K-Club. When the K-Club started up, I, got, I was the estate manager there. So my job, and I'll tell you how I got the job. There was a Mrs. Ferguson who bought Straffan House. It was Honeygrove Stud at the time. And I have been fishing in, in uh, Scotland on the Irish team. And I had the top rod on it. And there was an article on Southern Salmon magazine and a photograph of me. And Mrs. Ferguson was on the plane to Straffan House after buying the property. And she was reading this article about Sean McManaman. So she sent up the manager looking for me the next day. So I go down and she wanted me to go fishing with her father. She bought the property and wanted me to go and bring her father fishing. And I said I'd bring him two days a week because I was busy. So I ended up getting a full-time job there. And after that, then, Michael Smurf had bought it, part of the K-Club. And the rest is history. So you were there. And so what age were you when you first started working in Stratford House? What age was it? I would have been about 26. Okay. I, I was there in total for, with, with Smurf for over 30 years. And it was there. I started in 1988 in um Honeygrove Stud, which was Straffan House. And uh, sorry, 70 years. And then in 88, Smurford bought us to become golf course. So was that, at the time, was that your kind of typical country estate, big yeah. country estate, was it? And the, the river was flowing through it? like was The it? river Liffey was flowing through it. So what was it like then when it turned into the cake club? Was it a kind of, were you a bit wary at the start going, oh, what's going? What's the clientele going to be like? What's it going to be like? Well, 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 no, I wasn't wary. I wanted to make sure that if I was going to work for Michael Smurfett, I wasn't going to be answered to a dozen guys because mm. these hotelers were coming in and they'd be bossing you around the place. So I got the job at Smurfett and he said to me, when you were getting the job, he says, you have a very good reputation. He said, I'll allow you to tie my ladder. There's 12 steps of my ladder. Make one mistake, he says, and you never know you made a second one. Right? So I started off from there, and I said, well, I have one request. This is going to be a hotel. I want to be answered to one person, and that's you. So that was the way it was, and I felt I owned it. I, from the time I went in there for the landscaping, grounds, garden, fishing, and shooting was my... Uh, main uh, job there but shooting not so much but fishing a lot so I'd be taking a lot of guests fishing or organising those guys to go out fishing and these guys would go down to play golf husband and wife and I'd take the kids organise the ghillies they would fish for the five hours that uh, parents were playing golf and that worked a dream did any of the golfers have much of an interest in fishing as well, or was it mainly oh, the absolutely. junior? I, I, well, I would have given Tiger Woods his first lesson in the K-Club. Right, Mark, cool. Or Mark O'Meara. Well, I mean, I fished with Mark O'Meara, Tiger Woods, 
George uh, Bush on two occasions. Uh, I'd want an hour to tell you the story about George Bush, which was a true story. There was a film made about it. But anyway, that's for another day. No, 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 no. We, we've loads of <laughs> Oh no, Give us the shortened version. <laughs> well, I give you the short version. So I'm very good pals with Mark O'Meara. And did you get to know Mark and all these guys just through the K-Club initially, was it? Absolutely. Uh, J.P. McManus brought over uh, Mark O'Meara the very first time prior to the British Open. They'd come over for a week and a week after Augustus. So it was generally July and um, April. So the guys would come in April after Augusta and we'd fish for the week. We'd fish in Blackwater. We'd fish the Galway Weir. We'd fish the Mai. They were the rivers we fished while these guys were over. So we had absolutely fantastic fishing and fantastic times. Now, if they were here today, I have Mark O'Meara coming over now. and uh, He's coming in on the 9th of April, immediately after Augusta. And he's here with me till the 17th. He's we're a proper to... angler, isn't he? Like he's... Oh, he is. Yeah. He's a fabulous is it, angler. Is it salmon or what's he? What's oh, he... salmon. Salmon. He's a trout man, but mostly salmon. Oh, geez, we have to get him on the show. You'll have to get him on the show for us, Sean. We'll organise it, don't worry. We'll, 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 uh, we'll see what happens anyway. But he's, uh, he'd be a lovely guy to interview because I can tell you, there is no better. I know him now almost since 1991. And we're still friends. Comes over every year, not every year, but most years to fish, or I would go over to him. I mean, they brought me all over the world. I mean, between Tiger and Mark and um, John Cook and... Few more of the guys. Payne Stewart was a very good friend of mine. Yes, yes. Payne Stewart yeah. the plus the plus fours. Plus fours, correct, yeah. <laughs> Great guys. They were all good guys. But I fished with anyway, they tell you the story about George Bush. Yes, yes. You'll want to how much time have you got? It's all right. I won't run out of tape. You're I have okay. To start in the beginning. Mark said to me, Ryder Cup is coming up, and he has George Bush was going to be a guest speaker for the Ryder Cup. No, sorry, so which which was this H or W? Uh, w, uh, the old guy now is dead now. I, I think, uh, that, part, H, that I was think H. he was called 41. Yeah, that was H. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he said, um, I'm going to send him over for a lesson, fly fishing lesson. He said, they're going to be over sometime in October. So I forgotten all about it. And I was driving a Ford Explorer Jeep, which is part of the plan. So I came home for lunch. And I get a phone call, I'm only home to say, listen, you have to come down to the K-Club. I only lived a mile away. There's a guy who wants to go fishing. Wouldn't tell me who it was. So I came to the main gate of the K-Club, and there's four, four Ford Explorers outside the gate. Red ones, right? So this guy put it up his hand, and he stops me, and he says, I'm looking for identification. And I said, I don't need identification. I says, I'm going to work in here. Oh, no, he says, that won't work here. These are all guys, crew cuts, tight Secret service. Yeah, secret But I didn't notice. I yeah, said, yeah. Oh, these guys. I said, there's an intercom in the gate. And I said, if you talk into the intercom, the gate, it says the security guy will uh, identify me. I am not good enough. I said, okay. So I put the boot down straight in the gate. Right? So, so I drove in. Yeah, straight on him. And I drove in tight to where my own office is. The next thing, these two jeeps came in, one is them, and jammed me straight on. Why did I think I was doing? I said, I'm going fishing. I said, yeah, tried to give you an identification, but you wouldn't. Listen. 
And were you thinking, what the hell is going on? I Well, I, I wasn't taking any of this anyway. This was bullshit as far as I was concerned. I was working there. I felt I owned the place. And I gave them enough of information to let me in. I told them I was going fishing. So anyway, so they get out anyway, and they went to give me a little bit of guff anyway and said, uh, you're taking President Bush fishing. Jesus, it struck me then. <laughs> anyway, but one of the guys who was at the gate was giving me terrible hassle. So he walked up with me. And I had to get this buggy. And he walked into the hotel and he put an X on the floor. And he said, just stand here. And there was a guy each side of me so I couldn't move my arms, right? And he said, when Mr. President comes out, this is how you address him. Said, right? So George comes out over the top of the balcony. He says, you must be shown. I said, correct. He says, forget the bullshit. He said, let's go fishing. <laughs> so, that's what you want to hear. <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. So anyway. So he said, be there in 10 minutes. First of all, security says, I want you to come down and show me your lakes that are going to fish. We have to dive in these lakes. And I said, well, no, there's no chance of catching the fish here. <laughs> so a lake we weren't going to fish, I brought them down to the back of the clubhouse. He said, we're going to be fishing here. So these guys got ready to go and test the lake to see there was no bomb in it. I went back up, picked up George, and headed down to number six lake, right? This fella, this fella come down anyway. Same first guy at the gate. And um, he went to town on me. So we're fishing away anyway. And the head of security said, you have two hours. That's it. So after two hours, George is playing out a fish. And this guy to gave me all the hassle said, would you tell Mr. Bush, he says, it's three o'clock, it's time to go. So I went back. And because he was having such a good time with this fish, I forgot to tell him. Well, I didn't forget, but I had no intention to say anything. Slipped your mind. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he calls me over, security again. Did you tell Mr. President? I said, no. He says, why didn't you? I didn't pass him. George says, is this guy giving you a bit of grief? I said, he sure is. <laughs> right? So he said, will you go over and tell him to cancel the appointments till after six o'clock? This was three o'clock of the day. So he fished with me for the duration. It was unbelievable. We had a great time. We got a letter back and a lovely letter back thanking me for, this was three months after George Bush free post. And then he came over and he fished the K-Club for the Ryder Cup. And he said, Sean, can we fish? Now, there were guys everywhere. And um, I said, sure you can. He says, I'll give you a word when we want to go fishing. So we have a couple of guys and they're all dressed up in the gear and they're on the island on the, on the, on the Liffey. And they're standing watching the golf. And George comes up along the gilly. He said, Sean? Sean? No. Sean? No. Forta? Sean? I know the Sean you're looking for, he says. Well, I'll get him for you. So he came up anyway, and I sneaked the rods down to the pint of the island. And in the middle of the Ryder Cup, he caught three trout, beautiful trout, <laughs> and no one ever knew he was fishing. Oh my God. And he said, that's what the K-Club is all about. You must have been the Secret Service's worst nightmare. <laughs> well, I was in a way, but I, I I knew he wanted to go fishing. So when I got the crowd on, I put the three rods, hid them, brought them down to the pint of the island. He just sauntered on down, fished away, and no one seen him. And he was an anger growing up. I remember that, wasn't it? From where he was from, he, he was into the fishing, wasn't he? Like he oh, big into the fishing. He sent yeah. me photographs of playing out these fish. But now the reason he said with me was... I was showing him how to roll cast and I was showing him how to do a different lot of cast. And he was fascinated by this. And this is the letter he sent me back because I've learned he's learned so much from me. And he was able to cast longer and, and, and reach fish further out. But he spent that time 
just wanting to cast, get longer distance. Nice. He was looking to learn, like, yeah. Ah, he was a gem, absolute gem. Was it, it's interesting insights there, Sean, like that, how kind of claustrophobic, claustrophobic it must have been for him with the Secret Service in the sense of, you know, you think the president gets to do and say what he wants and go where he wants, but at the same time, he's quite restricted in the sense of, like you said, security guys having to check a lake or, you oh, know, who, who like... It was a real eye opener, I'd say, wasn't it? Like, well, saying well, that. well, I mean, it would be impossible to try and catch a fish after these boys going in the kit. I mean, I said, hold on, the guy said, Yes, are in Ireland. Nothing is going to happen to you here. They wouldn't take it. And I, the only way I could do it was send them on a wild goose chase. They went bananas over it. But anyway, that was, I was thrilled with that. That was able to cut these guys. Yeah, fair play to fair play to. I'd say they were cursing you all the way back to the white. Yeah, there was a, like, there was a television program, Derek Davis, out of the blues. He made a program on that, on that <laughs> particular story. And you still have the letter from from Bush I, and everything. I have two letters from Bush, yeah, and and he sent me uh, framed photographs of the two of us fishing, and a lovely letter about um, how much he spent his time with me, and he'd hoped that our Hats would cross again. And we did we, on two occasions. No way. And was it every time at the K-Club, was it? Uh, both times in the K-Club. He, he came prior as for a fishing lesson through Mark O'Meara. Yeah. And the second time he came as a Ryder Cup. And uh, interestingly, Mark, like, comes back to Ireland so regularly for the fishing. Like, because, you, you know, you could argue, well, the salmon fishing isn't, you know so great nowadays you know that he could go anywhere in the world but he still chooses to come back to ireland like is it oh absolutely is, is it the crack the kill that he that he likes as well like well he loves well i'll tell you what he loves he loves ireland number one he loves the people in ireland and there's no one bothers him when he goes down to fish there there might be two other anglers on the river three other anglers and that's as much as it could be and it's the peace and the relaxation mm. and the charisma we have we have a great bit of crack on it yeah, but he yeah. would fish from dawn to dusk. I mean, when he goes down to fish the ridge pool, I'd have to go and get the burger. He wouldn't get out of the river. Go and get the burger and bring it out to him. He's very focused. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's, he's a real angler now. He's super guy. It must have been an incredible experience, the Ryder Cup coming to town, wasn't it? Like just it a whole circus around it. Like, Well, on the day the Ryder Cup was on, the Sunday, Right, I don't play golf. I've never hit a golf ball in my lifetime, and I've been with golfers. I mean, Tiger and Mark would say, "Well, if you don't play golf, we're not going to fish." Well, I said, "You're not going to fish, so because I'm not <laughs> going to play golf." But I had the jeep packed on Sunday morning, one way or the other. I was leaving the K club, and I left the K club at eleven o'clock in the morning with another guy, and we went down to Kerry to fish the field. All right, and it was the twenty seventh of September, two thousand and six. And I got 14 salmon that one day on the fly. A flood was going off and I had 14 fish on the field. It was probably one of the greatest rivers of all times. We, I was gone. At 11 o'clock, my work was done. The golf was on. I was gone. Lads you know, you'd no, you'd no interest in watching it. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't believe that I could leave the K-Club at that hour of the day. I had no entry. It must have been the only person gone, like going the other way. like. Yeah, absolutely. But... As far as I was concerned, there was nothing like the upbringing I got between looking after fishing and gardening. And I mean, I could put them all. I was in Tampa Bay with Tiger fishing for tarpon with Mark and Mira. I was in uh, the, the Chutes, the Bokley, the Skeena, the Snake, fished all those rivers. Fantastic. What was your favourite, Sean? Well, in Ireland now, 
Uh, uh, give me Ireland and then give me uh, a well, well, the Rio Grande would be my favourite uh, in Argentina. Got some and decent sea trout, did you? The sea trout. I had a 19-pound sea trout on it. Now, tough fishing. Wind conditions was incredible, unbelievable. But uh, because we were over there, we had peak week. February. We were there in February. Absolutely wonderful. But in Ireland... If you were to ask me, the Slaney would be my number one. And, and I'm fishing the Slaney since 1967. And just to give an example, now we were killing fish. You were allowed to kill them at this time. There was plenty of fish in it. But I used to fish with a guy called Sean Murphy. Lord of mercy, we passed away. And when we'd have 50 salmon caught, we'd stop. And we'd have 50 salmon caught before the 15th of May. And we went Mayfly fishing after that, right? Now, these were springers. Yeah, these were springers. What was the average? Well, I had one twenty-two pound. Sean Murphy had one twenty-three pound. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. No problem to get them that side. No problem. I mean, I had five springers in one day, and I know another guy the same day had seven springers the one day. And this would have been the seventies, was it? This would have been the seventies, up to late seventy-nine, seven seventy-nine, eighty. But. The fish were in it. The, the, the salmon were in the river. You go down there today, it's catch and release. You take last year. Now, this was only, we were only fishing of a Tuesday when we were catching these 50 salmon. We fished every Tuesday. That's when we fished. But if you go down there today, I had six salmon last year on the Slaney. And there was other guys in the Slaney caught no fish and they were fishing longer. And I didn't fish it after the 15th of May because we got no water. We didn't get a flood last year between the opening and the closing, not as much as a drop of water. And it, there are bones, they're dry. But I'm telling you, if you get water, you get fish. You get better fishing, fish up the river. Fish are inclined to stay downriver or in deep pools, so they're not in the fly water. Like I fish a beat in the Slaney, I have it there for the last 20 years, which is Club B, and it's probably, in my opinion, not because I have it, but it'll be the best fly fishing stretch on this lady without a shadow of a doubt beautiful and what's the annual catch on it like? well on our bank we had 39 salmon last year which was very good the opposite bank had 10 so that's 49 on that stretch of water but going downhill big time going downhill I mean in my own opinion salmon farms done a lot of damage I mean I'm complaining and went on walks down to Kerry and Killarney and the west of Ireland for the last nearly 40 years and they just do not listen to the fishery board or the government they know the damage that the fish farms done on smolts going out to sea with sea lice and all that and it's sad my generation would have saw the best of it tell me this um, Sean so you're retired from the K Club I retired from the K well I didn't retire I am um, I went over to Killeen Castle, down in Mead. All right. And um, they were having the Salam Cup there, which was the equivalent of the Ryder Cup mm-hmm. here. And the guys that were um, came over to see the Ryder Cup, they came looking for me, and they asked me where to go over. I said, no, I'm 35 years, so I need to put a deal to me that I couldn't refuse. And I went over. I spent three years, 2007, I went over, October, and in October 2010, I came in to work at half seven one morning, three guys standing at the door, my office, and they said, are you Sean McMahon? And I said, yeah, and I opened the door, and I said, listen, I have no appointment here this morning. He said, well, we have with you. 
we're from Nama. He says, and the top 10 people has to go. And I said, hold on a minute. This is exactly what I said. I said, I have a contract till 2017. And they said, well, not with us. Yeah. It's like that. That was a shock to me. After Killeen then, what happened then? Well, after Killeen, I just done my own thing. I done a little bit of landscaping. And uh, I'm lucky enough, I have a good few guys that I've contact for guiding. Uh, the Slaney, uh, I'd fish the field in Kerry, and I'd fish Galway Weir, and I'd fish the Mai. So I had my own gang that I'd make my own crowd that I'd come over every year and I'd fish with me. So you're retired now, Sean, and just enjoying? No, no, the day I retire, put the lid in the coffin. So you're still just doing bits of landscaping? Oh, absolutely. Better more than anything now. Is it like consultancy or are you working for clients? Is it kind of... Uh, yeah, I'm working for myself and, and uh, different things. But once the fishing comes in now, it'll be, there's a sign on my door, gone fishing, address unknown. <laughs> I'll have to get that one. Yeah. <laughs> can I can I get a copy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, do, you, do you regret leaving um, K-Club at the time? Um, or well, in hindsight, shall we say? Well, well, what happened was when Smurf had sold it, I lost all interest. I knew what I had to do. I wasn't going to put up with any more. When you guys coming and telling you what to do, didn't have a clue what you were talking about. Square pegs and round holes. That's what I said to her. Tell me this, though. It must have been... How long were you, did you say, between Straffin House and the K-Club? You were there well, You were there from 78, wasn't it, when it was Straffin House? I was House? there from 78 with Ferguson's, yes. So 30-odd years, are we talking? Yeah. And and you grew up only a mile down the road, wasn't it? Yeah, I was just down the road, yeah. My God, you must have known it. Like and it, it, all, it all happened out of a fishing competition I was in the Orkney Islands. Hey. And I don't know whether you remember the Southern Salmon magazine. Yeah, I still get it, yeah. And this woman bought the magazine. It was she getting on the plane after buying Slaffin House. And she got Colin Cross to look, to look up to Sean McManaman. Tell me this, um, Sean, you were initially a trout man, but then, you, you know, you turned to salmon. What is it about the salmon for you? Because it's getting harder. But yet the the pursuit of it is still still there with you. Obviously, from what you're saying, you'll travel all around Ireland trying to chase salmon. Like it's that tug. The tug yeah. is the drug. Yeah. When you get that tug, that is the drug. What's your best salmon you've caught in Ireland? Well, twenty three was the best one I caught. On the Slaney, was it? On the Slaney, yeah. Plenty of fish, 12, 14, 16, on Galway Weir and 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 the Mai. I mean, I had nineteen salmon one day in the Mai, and. Um, I regretted it. That time you could kill them all. Mm. But the Mai has gone downhill big time now. Mai is... Where would you class as the, the best salmon fishery in Ireland at the moment? Well, I mean, there's two ways to look at that. Carysville, but because there's a weir on it, mm. the salmon can't get up it. It's owned by the Duke of Devonshire. A couple of hundred sure. euros a day to fish it. But that's only because there's a weir there. Them fish could get up the river... There wouldn't be great value on the, on the, on the fishery. Where else? Uh, the Slaney. The Slaney. Slaney would buy, buy absolutely the Slaney. The Slaney gets water. I mean, the Slaney, it's suffering terrible because the landowners are taking an awful lot of water now from the river for vegetables. You look down along all the root crops along that whole valley and you see big pumps on the side of the river bank and they're irrigating their, their crops. And they're taking a lot of water out of it. And I mean, we're in a serious bad way with, with water quality at the moment. Our water quality is a disaster. We take the River Liffey. Yeah. The abundance of fly life and insect life that was on the River Liffey was unbelievable. Now, it doesn't exist anymore. The trout are all small. 
six and seven inches. You go down fishing a few years ago when I fished for trout. And if you didn't have a bag of fish, you had no limit in the bag that time. I had a bag of fish 14 one day on a grey flag in May, and I got third place. Right? If you look at the, well, we're all catch and release now. If a fella goes fishing with you for two hours and then to take over all catch and release, you measure the fish. But prior to measuring, they were allowed to kill four fish. And four fish weighing two pound four ounces, two pound six ounces, unheard of. I wouldn't fish for a trout if he wasn't big enough to handle. But they're nothing left in it now. And they don't know why now they're small. Uh, My opinion, it's the insect life is not there. Lads have different theories, but when we went down to that Liffey, the iron blue duns, the blue winged olives, the sedges, the mayfly were there in abundance. And it's also as well, isn't it? It hurts to tell, you know, for people to kind of picture that the salmon, the, the salmon run that used to be in the Liffey, like the Liffey would regularly be the first salmon of the season. Like. Well, I'm going to tell you a story. There's a fella still alive, Paddy Murray. And in 1980, right, I had 53 salmon on the Liffey in 1980. I was Straffan House, fishing Straffan House and down into Guinnesses, only because we had floods that time, six hours on and six hours off. So the fish were able to get up. But that's how much salmon, but there was plenty of salmon in the Liffey up to that. Now you won't even see smolts on the river. They're like I'm asking the guys that are fishing for trout in, in April, which normally you throw three flies out there, wet fly fishing, you'd have three uh, smolts. There's no sports even being recorded. So the Liffey is, is is dire at the moment. Have you any kind of advice for people who want to improve their salmon fishing? Or, you know, generally when you go to the river and there's lads struggling, what what do you, kind of mistakes do you see being made? Well, it, it's hard to put it all in one context, but mm. presentation to me and depth would be two very important ones for me as far as I'm concerned. If the river is low, Small flies. If the river is high, you want to use big flies, but mostly small flies. And the river's been low for the last couple of years. And the biggest problem they're making now, they're forgetting. They're taking it this two and a half inch fly catch fish in slow and low water. Doesn't work, just does not work. I mean, we caught them last year on size 14s. That's hard to believe now. Size 14s. So you got to go small. Uh, it's hard to give a fella, it had depending on the river, but if he's going for the first time, he's never gone before. I mean, I have a terrible habit of um, if I'm getting guiding a guy for a day. I'd give him 100%. And I'd make sure on the day when he was leaving, he had a good day. And when you bring him back the second time, you'd know how much you retained because you kept going at him. If you weren't going to go fasting, single hand, double hand, whatever he wanted, I would stick with it till I got him right. You know, dedication to me is my number one. Yeah, well, it's it's a sport you have to want to be learning all the time, yeah. at, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, thing, like, absolutely. Reading the river is very important. Yeah, and and in fairness, that comes with experience, though, doesn't it? it comes with time absolutely. on the water, like you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sean, last question: Shall we ask every guest this? What was your most memorable fish caught on the fly? And it doesn't have to be Ireland; it could be anywhere. Well, I'm going to tell you the story about this now. It happened on the 24th of May. I had a son, Adrian, who fished with me like a brother. And he had passed away, and I always went fishing on the 24th of May. And I went down to the Slaney on the 24th of May. It was his anniversary, and I had only a pair of shoes and one fly. And I said, I'm just going to go down and cast a fly in his memory. Brightest day of the year. You would never see nothing like it. 
So I go up to a place called the Stake Hole, which is a famous pool. And as I'm walking up, salmon headed and tail. And of course, that kept me a lift. Jesus, I said. No net, no nothing. I actually have this on my phone. So anyway, whoop, casted out, third cast, I into this fish. No net, pair of brown shoes on me, waiting to get ready to go to mass. Landed the fish. As I was landing them, a bigger lad showed in the same pool. And of course, I rushed to get this, thinking I'm going to get the same fish. Got the second fish, right? Couldn't believe it. So delighted with myself, walking back down, sun splitting down the trees at four o'clock, and below me, the sun was shining on it. This salmon pitched clean out of the water. Absolutely. Jesus, I said. I know where that fell is. Down I went with the same fly. And I have this fella on video. So cast it out, bang, into him. And he took me for ages. I mean, the roar of this reel is unbelievable. And it ended up anyway. I'm still holding the phone. Get the fish in. 15 pound weight. Get him into the side. Still on the phone unhooked him with the single hook and let him back and I said, number three. And that's all on the phone. That was my memorable day ever fishing. Amazing. 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 Something more to it, isn't there, like this? Well, I mean, as I said to you starting off there, uh, when you get that tug of the fish, and if I lost that, I'd give up fishing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't do it. You've come. It's been a long journey, isn't it, from the Gollywocky to the Cake? Well, and and to Tampa Bay, and to yeah, yeah, no, the Rio Grande, yeah, no, 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 great memories. Sean, thanks a million for your time and um, tight lines for the coming season. I'll keep an ear out for. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of salmon caught this year by you. Well, maybe you come down to fish the fish to anyways one day. I would love to. I've never fished it. I would oh, love this is to. this is the most amazing stretch of water you've ever seen in your life. Well, I'll hold you to that, Sean. And what I'll do is I'll leave the recorder behind so you can tell me the other stories that you couldn't couldn't tell well, me. Well, <laughs> well, we, we, well, before you go, we'll tell you one story. And don't put this on. My thanks to Sean McManaman for joining me on the show. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the Ireland on the Fly podcast on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Plus, you can keep up to date on IrelandOnTheFly.com as well as on Instagram. And myself and Tom will be back with another episode about the people and places of fly fishing in Ireland. <laughs>